Welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan. This is my brother, Rustin, and we are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. And contrary to the inaccurate intro there, uh, this is not a football episode. This is a basketball episode. And so, um, we are going to talk about t- Tennessee's unfortunate loss to Texas A&M. Uh, Rustin, what were your main takeaways from that game? Um, kind of a perfect storm of problems. Um, you know, the first thing was... A&M came out absolutely on fire. I mean, they were averaging six threes a game, and they hit, I believe, eight or nine in the first um, yep, first eight, 12 right. minutes. Um, so, you know, Wade Taylor, I was a little surprised that we didn't put Jemai Meshack on Wade Taylor in the first half. That, that just seemed really strange, um, you know, because he's he's easily the best scorer they have, and we, we need to take him out of the game. But, you know, when a team comes out and shoots 50% from three in the first half, you're not having a great um, a great first half. It wasn't necessarily bad, but we just weren't, we weren't effective. Um, we were getting decent looks when we actually ran offense, and um, it just wasn't. It, it looked very broken down. It looked like a team that's a little tired, playing on the road in the SEC, and just coming out a little flat and facing a team that is fighting for their tournament lives and played like it. Um, you know, I think probably the most concerning thing for me was the backcourt of Texas A&M, you know, March is all about guard play and the backcourt of Texas A&M with Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford just killed our guards. I mean, they, they obliterated them. And, and that wasn't good. And, and I lumped Zakai Ziegler in that group. He had a decent game, played, played hard, played all 40 minutes, never came out. Um, you know, to only have three turnovers playing literally every minute of the game is impressive. But, you know, there was a lot of times on defense where he got blown by and, you know, Wade Taylor either shot over the top of him or Tyrese Radford just literally went right by him or bullied him down into the block and scored over him. And that was a little concerning. And outside of Zakai, we got zero guard play from anybody else. Well, and we didn't get much offensively from Zakai either. He only hit one three in the whole game. Uh, any any game Zakai only hits one three, Tennessee's going to struggle to win that game. And honestly, it reminded me of so – you know, the, in the first half, the way A&M could not miss, they just couldn't miss. Uh, and especially uh, one uh, one dude, can't think of his last name, whether, whether the point the point guard that was hitting everything he threw up. Wade Taylor. Yeah, Wade Taylor. Uh, he was five for five from three at one point and finally missed his sixth shot. But, um, you know, when they're making literally everything they're shooting and we're not hitting anything, <laughs> anything from the outside, there's, there's just nothing you can do. And so nobody's going to like what I'm about to say, but this is my analysis of the game. Um, there is a there was a famous camera shot of Mike Krzyzewski in 2011. Arizona was playing Duke in the NCAA tournament. Duke was the defending national champion at the time, and they were heavily favored against Arizona. And Arizona ended up beating them by like 20-something points. In that game, it was like 90 something to 77. I mean, they, they just they dominated them. 
and Arizona could not miss. And it seemed like when anything Duke was trying to do, they couldn't score. And there's a famous camera shot of Mike Krzyzewski on the bench looking at his assistant next to him. And you can read his lips. And he just said, it's just one of those things. Sometimes there are nights when it's just like nothing can go right for you and everything goes right for the other team. And at times it seems inexplicable as to why it's happening. Um, we had wide open looks and could not hit a three in the first half. It seemed like, uh, Dalton had one or two, um, but that was it. And it was just one of those nights and, and there's no explanation for it. There's no rhyme or reason to why it happened, but it did. And you can only hope that that just doesn't happen again in March when it's one and done and it's, you know, that kind of situation. I think they learned a lesson. Um, you know, they should have made a switch earlier and gotten Jamai in the game earlier. Um, I was just looking at the numbers. Wade Taylor was 0 for 5 in the second half with Jamai Meshack on him. You know, he never scored when Jamai was on him. So, you know, I, I think they learned a lesson there that they, they have to make that move faster. They can't they can't just try to keep running the game plan to see if it'll eventually catch fire. You know, Rick Barnes basically said the same thing you did after the game. He He essentially wrote it off to, it's a February game on the road in the SEC on to Wednesday. Um, you know, he, he didn't really mince words on it. And, you know, you're going to have nights like that. Hopefully we get them out of our system now and they don't happen again. Um, they don't happen again in March, but, you know, that guard play, that guard play was, was a little concerning. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, you mentioned guard play. So the thing that that goes right along with that that should be concerning to everyone is how poorly we shot free throws. I mean, yeah. what, what what was the what was the line on free throws? I don't we even missed know how many. We were we were sixty seven percent from from the free throw line. Yeah, that ain't good. That, that's not gonna cut it. Um, you know, when Dalton's missing four something free throws and Zakai misses the front end of a intentional you know or technical foul. Uh, situation, uh, that's not a recipe for success, Uh, especially when you're trying to come back from a deficit and the refs do you a favor stopping the clock and allowing you to shoot while no time's coming off the clock and you don't take advantage of it and don't score. Yeah, that's not a recipe for success. So um, that was was another big issue. Uh, Some of the folks chiming in the comments, Elijah, welcome, Elijah. Good to have you, buddy. He said, I knew this was going to be a tough game. We struggle against the slow you down, beat you up on the boards kind of teams. I agree with that. Mississippi State would be another example of that. Uh, I think, but what was a little concerning, though, was, yes, they're a slow down team. Yes, they're a, a kind of a bully rebound team, but they didn't really run offense. It was pretty much just get the ball to Tyrese Radford, get the ball to Wade Taylor, and get out of the yeah. way. And just play one-on-one street ball and see who wins. Yeah, and our guards shooting. Yeah, and our guards didn't win. I mean, our our two starting guards, um, Radford and Taylor, combined for fifty-two points. Our two starting guards combined for twenty. So they got beat fifty-two to twenty. Not not good. Not good. 
Uh, Papa Jay, welcome, Papa Jay. Good to have you, buddy. He said, I think POTUS had a better chance to land a complete sentence than we did at landing our shots. Okay, what in the world was up with that tweet uh, last night after the Super Bowl? Did you see it? Did yeah, you see the a, tweet? Yeah, they had to explain themselves this morning. It's an intern running that account, and there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories out there that the Democratic Party has a partnership with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, and that there's this there was going to be this big psychological operation to get people to vote because Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey or uh, Travis Kelsey are going to say that they're Democrats and in turn took I mean, a little far. Apparently. Yeah. I thought it was going to, it was like, you know, about the NFL scripted or whatever, but I thought that was what it was about when, but I was like, wait, this is the real account that just tweeted this. I mean, that well, dude is fired today. I can guarantee you that right real now. account. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. if you follow that account, it's pretty much constant. Um, they, it, 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 the, the account does not match the individual. That was just bizarre. Uh, Eric said, what's up, Valbros? Hey, good to have you, Eric. We're glad you're with us, buddy. Uh, Zach, what's up, man? How long you got to leave your name like that? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Uh, he said, what's up, Valbros? Can we talk about softball instead of the basketball game? <laughs> softball is playing very well. Uh, Eric said, go big orange. Absolutely. And, uh, let's see. Elijah said, if, if Texas A&M shoots the ball that well every game, no one is beating them. Agreed. No one will ever beat any team that shoots the ball that well. If you start, if you have a point guard who starts the game five for five from three, yeah, and in the first half, and uh, a couple yeah, of those, not good. And a couple of those, he was just out of his mind. The the one where I can't remember who it was. Somebody was defending him, deflected the ball. It was going out of yeah. bounds. Jordan Ganey. Yeah, Jordan Ganey dives for the ball. Taylor yep. snatches it, turns around, and buries a three from about five feet behind the line. It's like, what? Yeah, on that earth? was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zach said nobody cared in that game. Um, yeah, I mean the thing is, it, it seemed like, like it at times, but I mean, you know, we know they do, but. You just like this, this right here says it all. I just said, Sky's not one from eight from three. If that is ever happening, we are not in a good spot to win the game. Um, that's that's, that's well, the bottom line. If he does, then Jonas Adu and Tobey Awaka need to have big games and it needs to be a grinder game where we're pounding it inside. Problem was last night, Jonas Adu was a wall, he, he didn't really contribute anything, yeah. And, that's that can't happen. Uh, let's see. Zach said he's already moved on to baseball and softball. Well, we still got March, buddy. So, <laughs> uh, baseball does softball has already started. Baseball does start this weekend. Uh, so that's very exciting. He said, believe in the V. And I'm assuming that's Tony Vitello. Uh, Bob, hey, welcome, Bob. Good to have you, buddy. He said, uh, agreed, Evan. Bob, that was re- in reference to, you know, sometimes it's just one of those nights. Um, Wyatt, Wyatt, I'm so glad you joined us for a live show. Wyatt is one of our most frequent people who comments on our videos. Um, he never really has anything positive to say, uh, but I always tell him in the comments, uh, and I'm never, ever sarcastic with our good friend Wyatt, ever. Uh, but I always thank him so much for commenting so frequently on our videos because YouTube sees that and they're like, oh, 
wow, this must be a great video. People are interacting with it. I'm going to recommend it to other people. And so Wyatt, even though he is very much not a fan of us, he helps us with the YouTube algorithm every day. And so Wyatt, we so appreciate you, buddy. And he said, Bam is better. And unfortunately, Wyatt, there is this thing called head-to-head games in basketball uh, where Tennessee mopped the floor with Alabama uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, Dalton Connect had made kind of made Alabama's uh, defense look like they were a high school varsity team, and he just dominated that game. And so uh, Elijah referenced the score from that game for you. So Elijah, I so, I mean, uh, why I so appreciate you commenting so much. Uh, you're helping us with the uh, algorithm immensely. Uh, so you just keep on commenting, big guy. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we will let Tennessee and Alabama decide on the court uh, who who is better. Uh, backflip Spaghetti, that's a heck of a name. Uh, he said, I'm assuming this is a heat. If I'm mistaken by that, you can let me know if I'm wrong. You could be the seventh female viewer that we have. So um, Backflip Spaghetti said they looked so confused and scared against that high press. And I didn't like starting the game in full court press um, about the Texas A&M game. So uh, in the second half, you know, they, they had to go, they had to start pressing in the second half, just to try to get back in the game, just like they did against Georgia at Georgia. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand uh, they, uh, it was in the second half, late in the second half, Texas A&M went to like a, one three one half court press. Um, let's see. Yeah, the one three one didn't really. I didn't feel like didn't really affect us that much. It was, it was more. Honestly, it was more just us. It was mostly self inflicted. It was us driving into the lane without a purpose, getting in there, not sure what to do with it. Once we got in there. Um, them doing a really good job of scouting and covering up our typical next pass and people kind of freak, freaked out a little bit. Um, you know, it just, it's just one of those nights, nothing, nothing that could possibly go right. Did we looked very, very scattered, very unorganized. And, you know, anybody who knows anything about our coaching staff knows sca- uh, scattered and unorganized is not adjectives that are used with them. Um, that's just, it's just what happens sometimes. You just have a night where it becomes infectious. Uh, Billy, welcome, Billy. Good to have you with us. He said, how come Tennessee doesn't have a good basketball team, but yet the football team's doing pretty good. So their basketball team's ranked in the top 10 in the country. So Has that's been pretty good all season. Um, you know, they're probably going to end up being a two seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, Wyatt said Zakai is playing better than Dalton right now. Uh, that is objectively Mm. untrue. Wyatt. (laughs) Um, once again, I appreciate you commenting, but that, that is not that great of a take, uh, because Dalton is probably going to end up as the runner up for national player of the year to Zach Eady, even though he's probably a better all around player than Zach Eady. So, um, Zakai is playing his best basketball of the season right now. Sons last night or two nights ago. 
but uh yeah uh dalton is the real deal for sure um let's see hey carl welcome buddy good to see you carl so carl said zakai would drive into the paint to be guarded by two six foot four plus defenders and then try to pass it um yeah so there were a couple times when actually i thought zakai was a little too unselfish uh with the ball uh, there were times when he was getting to the basket. And there was another time, I think it was Josiah Jordan James did the same thing. They both had wide open looks and they looked to pass it instead of taking the shot um, near the rim. And and so, you know, I, I would much prefer they just go ahead and shoot the ball there. Uh, Bob said t- Tennessee would beat A&M four out of five games. They had a great night and we were just off. I mean, I think that's that's probably a fair assessment. They will get to play them again in a week and a half. Uh, not this Saturday, but I think it's the next Saturday. AM comes to Thompson Bowling Arena. And so uh, we, we will see. Um, Carl referenced what you said earlier, Rustin. Uh, AM had three or eight three pointers in three games, and they had eight in the first half against the Vols. So they were unusually uh, in fuego uh, <laughs> uh, for, that, for the start of that game. Uh, Zach's still talking about baseball. <laughs> Uh, that's great. I didn't even start it, um, Zach. Bob said we need tougher bigs. When Adu scores ten plus, we win. Uh, love Adu needs to be a little bit tougher. Go Big Orange. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment as far as when when Jonas scores double digits, Tennessee is in a very good position to win. If yeah. Tennessee if Tennessee had Jonas and one other person, whether that be Zakai, Josiah or Santi, if one of the three of them and Adu both score 10 plus points, then Tennessee's in a really good spot to win because you know, Dalton's going to get his, you know, he's going to get his points. So uh, I, I agree with that. Um, so this is interesting. Wyatt said, LOL, I'm joking. I love Tennessee. Sorry if you thought I was mean. Love you guys. Well, thanks, Wyatt. I appreciate that. <laughs> if, uh, if Wyatt's a Bama fan, this has been a bad month for him because not only did we beat Bama in basketball, we beat Kentucky too. So oh. both of his teams <laughs> lost. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Zach said the women went. The women's team won tonight. Yep. Uh, so that's. A good night for the Lady Vols. Yep. 81-55. Um, you know, Arkansas, not very athletic. And unfortunately on Wednesday, no, Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember which. No, Thursday. Um, Thursday, we will face the most athletic team in America. And that will be a very, very bad thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elijah, I appreciate that, Elijah. That's pretty good, man. Uh, Carl said, team sport. One fly, we all fly. One suck, we all suck. (laughs) True statement. Uh, Let's see. Bob said, Tennessee is in every sports school. I agree with that, actually. Um, I think that anybody who is objectively looking at Tennessee's athletic department would agree with that. Uh, Big Orange Vol. Hey, there's a new name. I appreciate you joining us. Welcome. He said, uh, fall can't get here fast enough. Old Tennessee fans going to have another good quarterback to watch. I totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. 
Uh, and then he continued that thought by saying, as the Smoky Mountains are, are plagued in orange. Um, uh, Zach said, I know I love everything orange, but I'm a former baseball coach. That's cool, Zach. That's cool, man. Uh, let's see. Tri-Cities. Well, hey, welcome, buddy. Good to see you. He said, can't wait for Aggies to come to Knoxville. We'll be shooting different. We'll be a different uh, shooting percentage. That's basketball. Totally yeah. agree. Uh, 100% agree with that. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I just said, can't wait to get rolled by 100 against South Carolina on Thursday. <laughs> the women's team. At least. Uh, let's see. Oh, Zach's bringing it. Zach always brings it. He said, Thursday at 7, we're eating chicken. Shocking the world. <laughs> Zach, don't place any wagers. <laughs> that's that's not going to end well. So Wyatt asked a great question here. He said, do y'all think Adu should shoot the ball more? I feel like Connect chucks up too many threes. We have, a bad habit of, first. Yeah, we have a bad habit of standing and watching Dalton sometimes. And you know, I thought after the last couple of games, we got that out of our system. But against A&M, we reverted back to it. And... I thought Adu was kind of non-existent. I didn't feel like he even wanted the ball. I, I never really saw him trying to establish a presence, demanding the ball. I think his hesitancy called or forced the coaches to not call his number. Um, if you notice, when when Tobe came in, they ran a couple of sets to get some post-ups. Um, they never called those for Jonas. And it, it, I thought it was telling that they kind of felt like he – just kind of hid. Uh, I will give Jonas credit in that. I think the most improved part of his game this year has been his shot and his touch around the rim. And so, um, you know, that was on full display, especially in the month of January. Um, so yeah, I would like for him to shoot the ball more. Um, but you know, when he gets it, he has to take, he has to be strong with it and take advantage of it last night or two nights ago. The, the shots he did take were hesitant and not good. Uh, that it was not, it wasn't the normal Jonas Adu that we see. Uh, Dalton chucks up threes because he can make them. Like that's, that's the thing with that. Uh, you know, if he shoots it, I think everybody's cool with it because they know there's a pretty good chance it's going. In. <laughs> uh, Carl makes a really good point here and I'm, he's referring to Santi and Josiah. Yep. Carl said, what I hate is this is primarily fourth and fifth year players that ex that yep. experience should benefit them. They should be more consistent, should be less rattled. And I 100% agree. Uh, Santi has lost money this year. Um, mm. This was. He was I never mean, making money. Well, he had a chance, you know, to, to make it on a squad in the G League or maybe, maybe the, the NBA. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, he, he'll end up playing in the European League. Uh, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, go ahead. I think he always did. I, I think he always knew he was going to Europe. Um, on that, he was interviewed on Vault Club Confidential about two weeks ago, I believe, and um, he kind of alluded to he knew that when his time here was up, he was heading to the European League. So I, I think he probably, you know, he went through Senior Day last year. So I think he probably went and got his draft grade and was probably expecting them to say he was a G League guy, and they didn't. And yeah. so he kind of went, oh, well, guess I might as well come back and then head to Europe. Uh, HT14 said, hey, welcome, buddy. Good to have you. He said, uh, do you think any NBA scouts will come to watch DK? I think they're at every single game. All of them. DK. 
uh, every single team wants him. Yep. He's right now projected to be somewhere between number five and number seven in the lottery. So, yes, I think they're there every single game. A lot of Gordon Gordon Hayward comparisons. A lot of people think he's the next Gordon Hayward. Uh, Big Orange Vol said, we need to win a championship in either basketball, baseball, or softball this year. Totally agree. Uh, This is the year to do it. And he said, love me some baseballs. Absolutely. This weekend is when it starts. This weekend. Uh, Tri-Cities Vol asked a great question. So I'm going to star that. We'll we'll come back to that. We'll end the show with that. I think that's a great question. Um, So we'll come back to that after we finish talking about the basketball game. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Wyatt said, can Meshack shoot the three? I think he should learn how to. Could be another threat. He has gotten better at it this year than previous years. Uh, his shot has certainly improved. Um, Zach said Shaq is a threat. Um, he hasn't made one in a couple games, but there were several games in a row where he was making them pretty consistently. Uh, Daniel, welcome, Daniel. Good to have you, buddy. He said uh, NBA scouts watching Connect like Michigan watches everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, Jeff, welcome, Jeff. Good to have you, buddy. He said, why? Uh, he shot pretty good from three this year. Talking about Mayshack. He has. He shot yeah. much he's better than his previous two years. He's currently 10 of 26, so that's 38% from three. It's pretty good. That's good. That's good. Uh, so Billy said, you say basketball's pretty good, but they don't go far in March Madness. Um, they don't make free throw free throws, and they also don't make a lot of their three-pointers. Uh, on the night. They made quite yeah, a few of Kentucky. On the night. Uh, they, they scored 103 points against Kentucky, so they were making quite a few shots that game. Um, Dalton hit five or six threes in a game earlier this year. Uh, so, I mean, that depends on the night, really. It depends on the night. Uh, big orange ball said, will connect really be a top? Yeah, he sure will. He will 100% be a top. Every, every draft analyst is projecting him, depending on how the lottery falls, they're projecting him somewhere between number five and number seven. Uh, Jimmy Dykes on the past two games that he's called Tennessee's games. He said that Dalton is the number one most draftable college player right now that the guys who are projected to go above him are from Europe or other areas, you know, not currently in the college game, that he is the most draftable college player in the country right now. And, and he's plug and play. Like he's ready to go. He's not developmental. Like some of the guys that may go in front of him, like one and done guys from Kentucky, people like that, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to kind of, be you know be patient with those guys bring them along develop their shot they can i mean again it's gordon hayward they can just plug dalton right in he's going to go be effective on day one uh, hd14 said did y'all see juan jennings go crazy in the super bowl absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah uh, absolutely um and he actually referenced that play and throwing to josh dobbs against florida today or last night in the post game which is pretty cool the best part of last night was Butch Jones tweeting it. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt said, only thing is DK, DK can't play defense, so that's why he came to Tennessee. That's a great point. 
uh, Dalton realized he knew that about himself, actually. And so that's why he chose Tennessee. He said that who better learn how to play defense from than Rick Barnes. So that's he was here. I was, that's the other thing I was a little disappointed with last night. Um, I felt like the last few games, his defense had really gotten better. And last night he was a sieve. Like he, he couldn't guard anyone. It was, it was yeah, horrible. Sure. Elijah mentioned that Dalton literally made six threes two days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. And Tri-Cities have all said, I still say we go as far as Santi and Josiah take us. True. I think that's a, yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good, really good take. I think it's a really good take up. because I don't think we can trust Jonas. Jonas reminds me so much of Olivier Kamwa. One night he's the best player on the court. The next night he is completely non-existent. And you can't trust guys like that. In big moments, you don't know what they're going to give you. So it's it's absolutely going to come down to Santi and Josiah. Yep. Um, so Bob said he agreed with you. Um, so Eric asked a good question about the court trial tomorrow. So we'll come to that here in a little bit as well. After we, we still haven't even finished talking about our player of the game and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Carl said, people say this is just one game. South Carolina is just one game. I'm really concerned that in the tournament play that team shows up. And who cares if it's considered Final Four potential? One loss, go home. That's exactly yep. right. And that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, you can have one of those nights and you just hope, hope, hope it does not happen in March because in March it's one and done. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a night like two nights ago in March, your season's over. And so, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, Daniel said, Butch invented the wide receiver pass. Didn't y'all know that? <laughs> If you didn't, he wanted to make sure you remembered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brick by brick, for sure. My favorite part was he tweeted it out and then turned off the mentions because he knew yeah. what was coming. Oh, yeah. Wyatt said, do you think Florida is a good team? In basketball, yes. Um, they proved that against Auburn two days ago. I think they're an extremely well-coached team. They're not – you know. like when we play them, their guards are very good. Their bigs are the most unskilled bigs in the SEC. Like they are just bad. And, and Florida's coaching staff has done a really good job coaching around how bad their bigs are. It's, it's been impressive. Uh, Elijah said it is a hundred percent about matchups in March or more like 80%. I would say you're right on the hundred percent. Actually. It's absolutely matchups. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. Well, let's go to our next part of our question. <laughs> uh, let's do player. Well, let's do play of the game first because there weren't many to choose from. Um, so I got, I got one. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Cause I don't have one. Okay. So my play of the game was actually uh, a series of back-to-back possessions in the second half when Dalton re-entered the game after being on the bench. Cause he had the four fouls and he came back in the game and immediately hit two threes back-to-back possessions didn't even make a pass just came down the court and uh drained him from one of which was about three feet behind the line so uh those are my that was my play of the game i thought that was pretty sweet um so what's your who's your player of the game i'm gonna give it to dalton although you know offensively he played i thought very well um when everything around him was collapsing and not going well i thought he he still held his own had 22 but 
I also wonder if I went back and charted how many points the guy he's scoring guarded, it might have canceled out. He might have actually been just a wash because um, it felt like on every possession, whoever he was guarding was who was scoring. So I, by default, I'll give it to Dalton. But honestly, I could have not had a player of the game too. It was a pretty abysmal performance. Yeah, I agree. I'm just giving it to Dalton because without his scoring, we're not even in the same zip code. You know, if he doesn't score the way he did, then it's a 40 point win. You know I mean, like, so that that's why I'd give it to Dalton. Uh, Zach had a great play of the game. He said Kiki Malloy's uh, <laughs> home run to tie the school record. Oh, wait, basketball. Sorry. <laughs> I like it. That's pretty good. Um, Elijah said, we just need four games against fast-paced teams, and it's an easy final four. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to those two questions that came through earlier because they were, they were really good questions. And so, whoops, wrong button. There we go. <laughs> um, so we had two questions that came through earlier. Oh, hey, Carl, man, you were the man. Uh, uh, <laughs> we appreciate uh, Carl and Wyatt. <laughs> uh, Carl, we do appreciate that so much, man. We, you were the man. Thank you. Uh, you are awesome. So two questions came through. Tri-Cities Vol says, have you guys talked about potential running back coaches? Um, assuming everything plays out the way that, you know, it's expected, uh, Tennessee will be looking for a running back coach. Has it been official yeah, yet? Finalized it this afternoon. Uh, well, there you go. See, I was, I was busy, so I wasn't watching. Uh, so was it the Jaguars? Yeah. Okay, so Jerry Mack is now the coach, the running backs coach at the, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was first reported about two days ago that it was, you know, potentially going to happen. And uh, so apparently it became final today. So possible running back coaches, uh, Jabari Davis tweeted out yesterday they need to contact Montario Hardesty. Um, he is currently the running backs coach of South Carolina. Uh, Rustin, what do you think? I think it'll be one guy and one guy only. Um, Matt Merritt was on staff in 2021. He has been with uh, Heupel in the past. Uh, uh, Golish took him to South Florida, and uh, he was running backs coach for a season there. And then Mario Cristobal actually just hired him away a week ago to be the running back coach at Miami. Um, which, you know, means he's not established at Miami yet. He's not out recruiting yet. And if he was if he was thought highly enough that Mario Cristobal would go get him and bring him to Miami, we need to go get him and bring him back to Knoxville. And and I think just with his prior knowledge of how they run offense, I think he's the logical guy they'll all go after. Um <laughs> Did you see what Carl just did? <laughs> uh, Carl gave another $5 super chat and he said transfer fee for Rustin to become running backs coach. <laughs> I'll take hey, it. He'd take it. Yeah. He'd take that. No doubt. The um, probably the second, probably the second choice is uh, Terry Joseph at North Carolina. A um, lot of experience recruiting the state of North Carolina, a lot of experience in previous stops recruiting the Memphis area. So it'd be a logical replacement for Jerry Mack um, because that was Jerry Mack's primary recruiting zone was Memphis. So, you know, I think that's a, a, a good second option. Um, 
but I would be very surprised if it's not Matt Merritt. Uh, somebody else said Trooper Taylor. <laughs> uh, um, Ain't happening. I think I think Rustin actually had the best take of anybody on this deal, and he tweeted out from our Volbros account the other day that fortunately the running's back running backs coach position is the easiest coaching position to fill. Yeah. And I think he's exactly right on that. And um, so that's, that's a good scenario for Tennessee. If you had to pick a coach to, to replace, you hate losing Jerry Mack, but it's a, it's a position on the staff that is easy uh, to fill. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jeff said his play of the game and the basketball game was the last one. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. Um, okay, Daniel said, guys, I'm not a basketball guy, admittedly, but what's with the inconsistency? Is that normal basketball or what's the cause of it? Seems to be the norm of Tennessee. So frustrating. Okay, I have an answer for this. Do you want to answer first? Or you want me to go? You can. So if, if the last four years wasn't in our minds, then I think that this question would just now become maybe a, a, a an issue. Um, because really, the month of January, they played fantastic. Uh, December, we saw inconsistencies. November, we saw inconsistencies in scoring. January was fantastic. They never had a scoring drought in January like they did in November and December. I always go back to that Kansas game in November where they went almost eight minutes without scoring. Um, That's unheard of. And so unfortunately for Tennessee fans, we have the memories of the last three to four years. And this has been a consistently inconsistent team over the last three to four years. Let's go back to last year. Last year they played Texas in Thompson bowling and it's one of the best games in Rick Barnes coaching tenure, probably at Tennessee. They played phenomenally. They win the game and and people are talking about this could be a national championship team because of how well they played in that game. And then you've got a few weeks later, they can't score again. So, I mean, it's, it's, this has been consistently inconsistent and that's why, you know, I was so encouraged by the month of January because for the first time in years, we had they were actually consistent in scoring. And even when they weren't, Dalton was able to get points. This month, we've seen two games this month now where they've had, one time it was a short little drought that they overcame. But last night, it was just, it was just like the, the, they could not, the, the rim was closed when they were shooting from beyond the arc, except for Dalton. He was the only one making them. Um, so that hopefully we don't see that again. Um, and hopefully guys like Zakai and guys like Santi, when they realize that they're not hitting the outside shot, hopefully they're going to take the ball to the rim. Um, cause once you start seeing the ball go through the nets, all of a sudden you start seeing it go through the nets way more because shooting's contagious. So I think that's a great question because we have the, the, unfortunate luxury of remembering all the inconsistencies over the last three to four years. And I think that is coloring our perspective of this team this year. Um, 
especially after the great month of January they had. Now we've seen two games in February and we're like, oh no, is this back now? And hopefully it's not back. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just add, first, I agree with all that. Um, Second, um, in 2022, there were people calling for Rick Barnes to be fired in January. And then we won the SEC championship. So, you know, inconsistency happens in college basketball. The other thing I would add is right now there is just an insane amount of parity in college basketball, and it's really hard to win on the road. Um, Saturday alone, think about this. This is kind of nuts. Saturday alone, seven of the top 25 teams in America lost. Six of them were on the road. So, you know, it's just hard to win on the road right now in college basketball. There's so many good teams. The game has changed on any given night. Somebody can get hot and shoot you out of a game. And, you know, you just can't, you can't dwell on road losses. It's just not, just not the same anymore. Absolutely. Uh, HD 14 said, do y'all try to go to Tennessee sports games often? I mean, much as we can. Sure. Uh, we were able to get up to two. Uh, I was able to get up to two uh, games this year. Rustin w- w- was uh, with me for one of them. Thing is, we're, you know, we got lives uh, outside of the Valboros too. I guess, you know, we got, we got, we're busy. Uh, we got kids who are involved in activities and stuff like that. And I mean, that's uh, almost every day of the week kind of thing. So, um, you know, I've got two full-time jobs basically. So, and we do the Valboros. So um, it's, it's a, it's a busy, busy life. So we try to get there as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping to get to a baseball game this year. Uh, see my buddy, Carl. Uh, apparently Carl hadn't missed a baseball game. Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, but you hadn't missed a baseball game in like three years, I think is what you said. So if I get to one this year, man, I'm going to find you. <laughs> I have four myself. kids, so getting six tickets to anything requires a second mortgage on the house. So <laughs> yeah, it's, for real. it's very, uh, <laughs> very constrictive. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Wayne, good to have you, buddy. Good to have you with us. He said, everybody needs to calm down. Kansas is losing right now, 24 to 14. Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech has already hit seven threes in the first half. Sounds very similar to what we saw Saturday night. Um, uh, Elijah said, exactly, Wayne. It happens to everyone. Uh, Let's see. Carl said, I like the North Carolina option, too. Yes, primarily need ace recruiter for that running backs coach. Jeff said, Robert Gillespie. I would very, I'd be very surprised on that one. Um, they, so the reason the North Carolina coach is an option is Philip Longo was there as offensive coordinator, and he runs the same system essentially as Heupel. Um, it is, it is really hard to teach people who haven't been in this system pri- uh, previously to come into it, and so. I don't think they're going to take a chance on anybody who hasn't run it before. And Robert Gillespie hasn't run it before. Uh, Carl made a good point here. Carl said, um, it's, you know, it's, un- it's, it's usually, uh, it's crazy how a player can just have an off night. But the thing that kills the Vols is it's like all of them have an off night all in the same night. And that's a good point. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. Uh, Dalton is the only exception to that. And that's why he's been such a breath of fresh air this year. Uh, let's see. HD 14 said, I think the hype gets to us. I mean, maybe. It's possible. 
Uh, Zach said we're winning it all in at least one sport, perhaps more. I hope so, man. That'd be wonderful. Zach said, did you say four kids? <laughs> I did. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Zach, uh, Carl said, yes, but uh, only on TV. I live in Florida. I wish I could see a game live. That's what I love about SEC Plus. Absolutely, man. Yep. Absolutely. It's a game changer for real. Uh, Jeff said, the team will be focused on March, especially with two leaders knowing this is our last ride for sure. I agree with that. He said, just as long as we don't get fooled on a scouting report. True statement. Uh, so our other question that we'll end the show with, um, well, HC14 asked, do you guys think that Tim Banks should be the Tennessee defensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, Hypel knows more than I do. So if he trusts him, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him too. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's on everybody's short list um, for the next round of head coaches. I mean, he's – yeah. there's a reason everybody's watching him as a future head coach in a Power 5 school. Well, and so, you know, Duke tried to hire him away last year, and he yeah. turned it down. Um, let's see. This is the this is the question, and we kind of mentioned this, I think, two weeks ago, or maybe yeah. a week ago. It was, I think uh, it was so a week ago. Eric said, what's your guys' thoughts on the Tennessee versus NCAA in court tomorrow, Evan and Rustin? Uh, so Rustin had a really, really good answer to this uh, last week, and we actually – I cut it out and made it its own video. So uh, if you go on our channel, you can find his answer to that. I'll give my quick answer and then he can give his answer again if he wants to. Um, So my quick answer is you cannot retroactively apply rules that didn't exist when the things happened, when the events happened. Uh, That's all it comes down to like that. That's the bottom line. And I don't see any way that any judge can say that Tennessee has done something wrong when the rules that they're saying that they broke weren't even in existence when the events happened. So imagine Pandora's box that would open if that became a reality. Then all of a sudden, what if they make make up a rule that a team broke 10 years ago and that year they won the national championship? Does that mean they have to forfeit their wins from that year? Do they, do they get the national championship taken away from them because a rule that was created 10 years later is now impacting what they did 10 years ago? I mean, that opens up a crazy amount of Pandora's box and, and, it's just not going to happen. So uh, that's my whole thing. You can't retroactively ap- apply rules. What about what, what you want to add anything, Rustin, or you just want to say, I said, I think it all? yeah, I'd say, see that video and it's all bogus. And, you know, if, if, if the NCAA tries to pursue this at all, Tennessee's got a laundry list of universities that are ready to jump in that lawsuit with them. Um, Cause they know they'll be next. And, you know, Again, Carson Beck's running around saying he wants $4 million to stay at Georgia, and then he shows up to practice the other day in a brand-new Lamborghini. I mean, come on. Like, we're talking about a plane ride? Seriously? The starting quarterback is out there publicly saying he wants $4 million to stay. And we're going to talk about a plane ride? No. Daniel makes a great point. He said you definitely can't do anything when the president of the NCAA gets on television and says there are no rules accord, uh, 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 in regards to NIL at the moment. Like, I mean, you, that's, mm-hmm. he shot himself in the foot when he did that. Daniel's exactly right. So, yeah. Um, 
nothing's gonna nothing's gonna come of it. No. Um, Elijah said, I remember I accidentally bought a year of ESPN Plus, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh, Carl said, it's not the issue is not Tim Banks. The secondary has been our issue. Uh, and so Elijah said, Willie's the one that needs to go, uh, not Banks. He's been good. Um, so we'll find out this year, I think. I think this year is going to be the telltale sign about our defensive secondary because we got athletes back there now. We got the athletes. How well are they going to coach them up to, to be able to play? So this year will be a big, in my opinion, a big, big factor in into what happens uh, with Willie Martinez. Uh, big Orange Vol said, will 10-2 and two be good enough for the expanded playoff this year, no matter the losses? So that's a good the, – the, so the first half of that, yes. The second half, I don't know. That becomes interesting. If they lose to Vanderbilt, no. <laughs> will they lose to Vanderbilt? Statistically, probably not. I mean, the, the two losses that we're looking at will be Georgia. And if they go 10-2, and two, then they'll probably either lose at Oklahoma, which they probably won't lose that game, or maybe Alabama at home, which now who knows if they're going to lose that game. Um, they get Florida at home as well. So will 10-2 and two be good enough? Uh, I think so, because the, the loss is that those, they're not going to lose to Vanderbilt. They're not going to lose to UTC. Um, you know, the, the two losses, If they, let's say if it's South Carolina and – well, they don't even play South Carolina, so that's not even an issue. So, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, 10-2 and two is good enough. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, anybody, who, anybody who finishes 10-2 and two in a Power 5, well, Power 3 conference next year um, is going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. So, Jared just asked a really good question. He said, not sure if y'all discussed the running back coach opening. We did uh, just a little bit ago. But he said, but what's your thoughts on Cadillac Williams? I know he has no ties to Tennessee unless Rodney Garner pulls him in. That's an interesting that's a, so, that's a nice little curveball there. So there's two issues there. Um, the first one is what I said a second ago about Robert Gillespie. Um, you know, one of the issues, you know, because like I said, they're gonna find somebody who has coached in this type of system or in this system. And that's why I think Matt Merritt is squarely at the top of the list. But, um, you know, Cadillac, one of the issues Cadillac had, because people would say, well, Hugh Freeze's system is similar. Yeah, and they butted heads. Um, Cadillac didn't want to coach the way Hugh Freeze wanted running backs to be coached. So that was problem number one. Um, Problem number two, I'm not sure Cadillac's going to be coaching anywhere next fall. I think he's going to take some time off. Um, one of the things that he cited in his decision was family and he named specifically his sons. And so I think he, uh, I think he's got some personal stuff he needs to, to get fixed at home. And I think he has realized that he probably needs to spend some time with his kids. So I, I don't see him coaching anywhere in the fall. And I would be very surprised if Tennessee talks to him because it's pretty publicly known that, he did not want to coach running backs the way Hugh Freeze wanted running backs to be coached. And that's exactly how Josh Heupel is going to want running backs to be coached. Uh, Carl made a really good point here. I love this analogy. This is a great point, Carl. He said, the NCAA is wrong. It's like having a traffic camera recordings with 50 mile per hour speed limit, changing to 40 mile per hour speed limit, then going back and issuing tickets. 
that's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. That is a very good analogy. Um, let's see. Daniel said, I feel like uh, the NCAA did this to force member programs to come up with a plan, uh, potentially. Uh, Jeff said it's going to be a real expensive plan. It's backfiring on them pretty badly because, you know, I saw one 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 number that was out there was this could cost the uh, NCAA up to four billion dollars with a B billion. Um, So if this is all to get a plan, that's going to be the most expensive plan they've ever bought. Zach said free the Nico. (laughs) Big Orange Vol said we're the NCAA's Huckleberry. (laughs) I love it. That's great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if Danny White decided to quote um, Doc Holliday a few times in the courtroom tomorrow. <laughs> so Zach said, "Oklahoma, we're shutting out Oklahoma fifty-six to nothing this year. Uh, that would be wonderful if that happened. I don't think it will, but that <laughs> would be wonderful if it did." Uh, this is a good question. It's a two-part question. Big Orange Vol said, will Mike Matthews get to play this year or and Boo Carter? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the second part first. Uh, well, Elijah just answered. He, I agree with him. He said, Boo will be the kick returner for the Big Orange. Not sure about Matthews. So I think the two people you're going to see as the deep backs on kickoff return are Boo Carter and Cam Selden. I will not be shocked if the punt returner is Boo Carter. What do you think, Rustin? I also, I think if Cam Seldon is doing a really good job running the ball and getting a lot of touches, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Boo Carter and Deshaun Bishop returning kickoffs. Um, I, I could very easily see that. Um, you know, from a from a scheme perspective, I think Boo Carter probably plays right away um, at, at returner. I think he probably gets some snaps at safety. Um, the early returns are that he can compete at this level right now. And, you know, that's a position that's kind of a question mark. So I think early in the season, they'll probably rotate a lot of guys at safety to see who's going to win the job. Um, I don't think we can answer about Mike Matthews yet. I think we have to wait and see what happens in spring practice. If you see Caleb Webb, Nathan Leacock, somebody like that enter the transfer portal after spring practice, then yes, we are going to see Mike Matthews play this year. Um, If, if those guys don't enter the portal, then no, we're not going to see Mike Matthews this year. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, I mean, that, that wide receiver room is nine people deep. Mm -hmm. Somebody's not getting on the field. Uh, when Nathan Leacock came into the, the program, people were like he's going to play as a true freshman. Well, he hadn't seen the field yet. Um, so I mean, uh, Mike is better than Nathan was when he came in, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a different level. It is a different level now. Let's see. Um, Zach said Matthews is going to be exciting to watch. I hope so. Big Orange Vol said I think Peyton Lewis is going to be special. I agree with that. Uh, I would also say Rustin hit the nail on the head as well. Uh, don't sleep on Deshaun Bishop. Yep. The guy will be electric with the ball in his hands. So I'll be very surprised if Peyton Lewis plays this fall. I think he's probably a red shirt. Um, they just don't need him. They they've got, they've got so many guys that can step in and play. Um, which is great. You know, 
this is the way Tennessee was in the mid nineties. We just stockpiled running backs. And, um, you know, there were some studs that redshirted their freshman year at Tennessee because there was just so many good backs in front of them. And I think we're, we're getting back to that place. Absolutely. Um, Zach said, that'll be funny. He gets off defense to go return a punt. I uh, wouldn't be the first guy to do it like Kool-Aid McKinstry. Mm-hmm. He did it for three years at Alabama. Dale Carter. Trustees Vol said, uh, I think Boo would be a, a great at the nickel position as well. I think um, we're good there. Uh, I think they really like Jordan Thomas at the star. And I think they like John Slaughter. Um, so I think they're going to give Boo a legit look at the, at a true safety position, possibly even the free. Um, Cause he does cover some ground. So, you know, I, I think they like Jordan Thomas at the star. I'll be, I'll be surprised if they, if they work boo at star. Uh, big orange of all said, I love Jalen, Wright. I'm going to miss him. Uh, Mel Kuyper actually named Jalen, Wright His sleeper in the, of the running back position in this year's NFL draft. Uh, J- Jalen picked a good year to come out of the, yeah, to, to be drafted because this year's running back class is not as strong. Yeah, as certainly not as strong as last year's. Um, let's see. Elijah said, "Don't sleep on Braylon Staley either. Dude's a stud." Agreed. Totally agree. Trustees all said, "I think I could coach these runs." <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, absolutely. Thank you, Daniel. Yes, you're exactly right. Daniel said, "Nobody in the media is talking about Bishop." He was all the talk last year before he got hurt. Hopefully he explodes this season. Totally agree, man. You're you're one hundred percent correct. Anybody who's watched that kid do anything will I mean, literally all it takes is five minutes. And you're like, okay, that's different. Like that kid is special. Um, you know, he's a little undersized and he played in a average region coming out of high school. So people kind of question could he do it at this level? Then he showed up to to workouts and everybody's like, oh yeah, he can do it at this level. Um, he's a he's a baller. Absolutely. He was the guy that Josh Heupel mentioned by name of the newcomers at the start of last spring when he was asked who uh, which of the newcomers has impressed you. He he was the first guy mentioned. Uh he he got snaps in the orange and white game before any of the other true freshmen did. Yep including Cam Seldon. He got on the field first. So he's he's a he's a player, and uh, he's going to be good. Um, Carl makes a really good point. He said, Jalen will do good in the draft because his body doesn't have a million miles on it. Bodes well for other Tennessee backs showing great skills but not being hit 2,000 times. That's a great point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Elijah said he also hopes to see Arion Carter go off this year. He's going to be so good. Agreed. Absolutely. Big Orange Vol makes a fantastic point. He said, let's hope Keenan Peely stays healthy because we need his football IQ on the field. Totally agree. Uh, Jeff said, that's the key with Bishop is his size if he can stay healthy. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing about Keenan Peely that is 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 a huge positive, and yes, we need him out there. He's he's always going to be good. Um, but Jeremiah T. Lander after a year in the weight room and a year in the coaches' offices, breaking down film, learning the system even more, Jeremiah T. Lander is going to push Keenan Peely. Like that, that guy's ready to play. He's he's going to be his junior and senior years at Tennessee. People are going to know his name. That that guy's he's really good. 
<laughs> Zach said Carter and Carter sounds like a law firm. <laughs> Personal injury. Uh, Carl said, please hit that like button. Zach said, already did. Um, well, this has been a lot of fun. That's been really good. Uh, we got to talk a little basketball, a little football, a little baseball, a little softball, a lot going on. It's certainly a huge week for Tennessee athletics. One thing before we move on, because you mentioned softball, we have got to point out Riley West. Um, she just won SEC player of the week. These numbers are just absurd. Um, through their first three games, she is five for seven with two doubles, two home runs, six runs scored, and six RBIs. She is hitting 714. Um, I mean, five for seven with two home runs and two doubles by itself is insane. But then when you look at six RBIs, six runs scored, she's she's been to the plate seven times and she scored six of them. Her current slugging percentage is eighteen fifty seven. I mean, I, I've never seen a number that high. Like it's, she has been on an absolute tear. That's incredible. Elijah just said that's insane. <laughs> uh, Zach made a good point. She's beating Kiki in home runs, and nobody does that. Yeah, that's yep. a good point. They hit five bombs through their first three games. They they've got some girls that can swing it. Uh, Jeff said T Lander is a beast. Daniel said Peely's a monster. Absolutely. Uh, Zach said he loves this time of year. And uh, Big Orange Vol said uh, let's go, Lady Volunteers. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Elijah said this softball team is going to be so good. Same with baseball, same with football, same with everything. It's an everything school now. Like there's no doubt about that. I agree. Yep. Kudos to Danny wow. White. Absolutely. Well, this has been a whole lot of fun. We're so appreciative of everybody joining us, uh, on a off on a different night than when we normally go live. We, like I said, we, we decided that it probably wasn't the wisest decision to try to compete with the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we, we postponed to tonight and I'm, I'm glad we did. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we will be live Thursday night. I haven't not talked to Rustin yet, but I don't, I mean, I got, I'm playing on it. I don't think, I think he is too. So, uh, we'll be I'll here be in, Thursday night. in Florida. So might as well. There you go. Sounds good. Um, Elijah said, I look forward, uh, to y'all stream every week. Thanks for doing what you do. I appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate that, man. Seriously. Thank you so much. That's you're very kind. Thank you. Um, Hopefully Thursday night, we're talking about a basketball win and not, why are we yeah. so inconsistent? Absolutely. Uh, Carl said Vols are, you know, on the softball field number two in the nation right now. It's exactly right. Um, but we hope everybody has a great, great evening. Uh, we hope everybody has a good week ahead of you. We look forward to celebrating a win, hopefully. Uh, Tennessee in, in action against Arkansas. Uh, Elijah actually just commented as well. He said we should be talking about a win because it's Arkansas. It's at Arkansas. Um, so hopefully Tennessee pulls that one out. Um, but we hope everybody has a great evening and we see you Thursday night, nine o'clock Eastern on YouTube X and, uh, Twitter, wait, X and Twitter, are the same thing, <laughs> YouTube X and Facebook. There we go. Uh, so we hope everybody uh, joins us then. And, uh, Carl, we appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. He said, thanks Evan and Rustin. Hey, we love you, Carl. We appreciate you, buddy. 
Um, Zach said, good night, Valbros. Appreciate you, bud. Hope you have a great evening. And uh, to everybody else, we appreciate you all too. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Uh, Big Orange Ball said, good night, fellas. Good show. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Uh, Bobby, hey, welcome, Bobby. Good to have you. Uh, he said, awesome show, guys. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. Uh, we hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, good night, Jeff. I uh, hope you have a good evening as well. And we will see all of you on Thursday. Go Vols, baby.